0: Welcome to the Rolling Reel with Renard, the podcast that dives deep into the world of physical therapy, strength, and conditioning. I am your host, and today we have the privilege of sitting down with an extraordinary person, the person that I look to for all of my medical advice regarding strength and conditioning and physical therapy, Dr. Holiday Williams. Now, Dr. Holiday Williams is not just a doctor of physical therapy. She is a force of nature in the realm of strength and conditioning as well. She graduated from Texas Women's College. Her expertise extends to the working with athletes and aiding individuals on their journey to recovery after injuries, ensuring they return to a fair sport for life. Now, Dr. Holiday Williams, she specializes also in coaching athletes and those on the road to recovery. Her passion for the outdoors shines through her love of hiking, rock climbing, and we have to talk about this, ultra marathons. But that's actually not it. She's the go-to strength and conditioning coach for the Gracie Lake Norman youth competition team. We have secured well over 20 championships under her guidance right there. And today we are going to unravel the insights and the expertise of this trailblazer in the world of physical well-being. So join us as we explore the intersection of athleticism, rehabilitation, and the great outdoors with the incredible Dr. Holiday Williams. So with all that being said, Dr. Williams, welcome to the Rolling Reel with Renard podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Renard.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. So let's just start off with like the amazing question that's been pressing me: What in the world is going on with you in this ultra marathon?
1: Yeah, so I have a 100-mile marathon coming up in March. So I've got about four and a half months left, close to five, until the race date. Oh my God!
0: How's your training been so far?
1: It's been going really good. A uh, couple of weeks ago, I ran a 30-mile run without stopping. So, that felt really good. I was a little tired after to be expected, but no injury, no pain or discomfort. So that was really confidence building to be able to do that and feel good after it.
0: My gosh, you literally ran a marathon. Most people prepare their entire life just to run 26.1 miles. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'll just bust out 30. Who runs a marathon? <laughs> so what was your time? If you do, do you keep time?
1: Yeah, I use the Strava app to just tell me my pace while I'm running. I believe I ran that in about five and a half hours. So it was around 11 minute mile pace. But yeah, so got it under six hours. I, I did it after work. I got off work around 4 p.m. and then put my shoes on and ran into the until the sun went down.
0: Wait, so you're not just some regular physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach. How did you get into super mar- or ultra marathons?
1: So my story begins with my dad. And when I was actually before I was born, when he was 27, he was diagnosed with a grade four glioblastoma, which is the most lethal and aggressive form of a brain tumor. And when he was 27, he was diagnosed with that. So when I turned 27, I pretty much any, any moment or minute after that birthday, I believed that that was borrowed time. So I told myself that I wanted to push myself physically as hard as I could, really as a because of his inspiration where there's 1% of people with that terminal illness survive past 10 years and he was that 1%. And so his life was an inspiration to me. And I knew that there are a lot of physical things that he wasn't able to do. So when I turned 27, I was like, okay, what can I do physically that pushes me past my limits? And running is where I turned. So when I turned 27, I signed up for my first marathon, ran that, and then the following year, ran another marathon. The following year, which is this year, ran an ultra marathon. I ran a 50K. And then after that, I'm like, okay, what's next? So then I signed up for my 100 miler. And yeah, it's been a journey, but I'm continuing to just up the bar and see how hard I can push myself because I knew that he wasn't able to do that, wasn't able to complete feats like this.
0: Wow, as you're speaking, my entire body is radiating with goosebumps because of the sheer inspiration that your father was able to leave you with just because of uh, who he was as a human being. I, I've never met Dr. Holliday's father. and He would be a <laughs> wonderful person to have on this podcast. <laughs> and so, for you to honor him in a way where you're creating a legacy, not only for your family, but for yourself as well, because not many people will ever have the opportunity to run an ultra marathon, let alone, you said a 50K, mm-hmm. 50K right there, All right? So this is just pure amazing to me that you have like this obsession almost with like human potential and human development. Let me just keep pushing myself to see what else I can do. Now, outside of the ultra marathons, what are some other outdoor things that you're that you enjoy doing?
1: I really anything outdoors. I love hiking. I love climbing, camping, bike riding. Oh, man, you name it. And I'm there. Anything outside. I mean, whether we're going on a walk or whether we are paddle boarding, kayaking, anything, get me outside, get me under the sun. I love it all.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So now were you like this in high school? Like, What was life like at high school for you?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Texas. And so there's not a ton of outdoor recreation, but my family did, we would go camping and I was pretty active. So Whenever I would get together with friends, we would go to a park or go run around the neighborhood. I had some bikes. So usually my house was a place people would come to and we would jump on all my friends, we'd get on my family's bikes and go right around town. Oh, that's so, nice. yeah, so I, I was pretty active growing up and that just transitioned to, instead of riding around in a suburb to moving out here to North Carolina and running around in the blue Ridge parkway.
0: That's an amazing place. It was just there. That's very nice. So you're doing a lot of outdoor stuff. What about injuries? Have you ever sustained any injuries that stopped you from performing or doing the things that you want to do?
1: Yeah, I, I played soccer growing up and there were a couple of injuries that put me out for a few weeks. Um I had a hip flexor strain and then I had an MCL meniscus sprain in college. But And an AC. My mind is uh, going back through the reels of all my injuries. I had an AC sprain as well, but it really only those those injuries only put me out for a few weeks. I thankfully, knock on wood, haven't had anything that I've had to have surgery for or anything that's put me out for months. (laughs) And I, I would say, for the most part, at least in my adult life. That is a lot in part to my dedication to strength training.
0: Strength training has led to a reduction in injuries. How did that lead to you going to physical therapy school?
1: I, so I would again point it back to my dad. And as a kid, I was able to experience a lot with him that I wouldn't have been able to experience without his Dedication to physical therapy, and so his ability to be my coach for soccer and to be able to walk up and down my sideline those are memories that I still have today of him, and they impact me and they motivate me to be present in my loved ones' lives. So, when I chose to be a PT, a lot of that is due in part to him, and yeah, I. I love this journey that I'm on in in that field.
0: So, I have to, I'm going I may make a jump here. Is it safe to assume that you look at physical therapy with the same vigor, the same like excitement that you do with the outdoors because it seems like you just anything that you get your teeth sunk into, like you attack it with everything that you have. With physical therapy, what is it that you love about it?
1: Oh man, there's a lot of things I love about being a PT and I think probably the, the biggest motivating factor for me to show up every day and give it all that I have is helping my patients live life to the fullest because I know that's what I want to do and I want to be present in where I am in life. And I want my patients to be able to be present in where they are. And I want them to be able to do anything that they set their mind to because I truly believe that I can do that. And I want to help instill that in them and help them reach their goals. And if they don't know what their goals are, I want to help them figure that out. And it can be as simple as just being able to pick up your grandchild. Or it can go all the way to being able to get back into the sport that you were injured and not able to play in so my patients are motivating to me i'm here to bring hundred percent and i want you to bring hundred percent and let's figure out how to get you strong and resilient in life so that you can live a long and healthy lifestyle because who doesn't want to be able to to get up and move and just do what you want to do and that can look so different for so many people So all that I'm trying to do is just help people move and live well and live strong.
0: I love that you're saying that. Also, you lead by example. There's a lot of people who are in the physical therapy space or in the medical space. They are very good at telling people what they need to do, but they don't do it themselves. You're the opposite of that. You're the opposite. You're actually more active than easily 95% of the people in the population, you're constant you're running ultra marathons, biking, hiking, trailing you know new horizons, mountain climbing. There's never a downtime. Do you have downtime in your life? Yeah. I, I just have to ask <laughs> because it's like you're you have a physical therapy practice. Mm-hmm. You're constantly out in the world, you know, in the wilderness, I should say, <laughs> doing cool stuff. So, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I've, I have downtime. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on what is your definition of downtime (laughs) because I'm doing what makes me happy and I'm doing what I believe will lead to a strong and healthy and long life. And so my downtime includes spending time with friends and that can be hanging around the house or it can be at the gym and yeah, my, my downtime looks different and some people define it as laying around on the couch, but I personally don't enjoy that. (laughs) I enjoy moving. So I'm gonna get up and and be like, look, where are we going? Where can we go? Let's go here. Let's go outside. Let's go on a hike. Let's go to the gym. Let's get a workout in. And that's how I bond with my friends.
0: This is amazing. I hope that people who are listening to this will listen to this quote that I'm about to read. It's a quote that came from the, the new James Bond movie. And when James Bond, spoiler alert, when he died and they were mourning his death, the guy M, who was in charge of MI6, he read a poem. It was just a short one. He said, the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. That's Dr. Holiday. You're using your time. Earlier, you mentioned that your dad was able to be a part of that 1% club. Mm-hmm. And ever since you turned 27, you're using your time. Mm-hmm. There's not a day that goes by. So how does this experience with your dad, your lust for life and you know your lust for adventure, how does that help you with your physical therapy practice when you're talking with patients that may have almost given up on themselves or not really feeling motivated to get back to the, you know to their life. How do, you know how do you pull those experiences from your life into them?
1: I want my patients to know that when I am expecting hard things from them that that I am also expecting hard things from myself. And so there are a lot of patients that I can't relate to. I can't relate to being 75 years old and the way that you can move around is through a scooter going through your house I can't relate to that but I can relate to doing hard things and so when I'm treating them I want them to know that yes I'm asking really hard things from you I'm asking you to perform sit to stand, and maybe you haven't done this all day, and this is the first time that you're standing up, and I'm here to help you with that, but that when I'm leaving work, I'm also asking really hard things for myself, and so I only can hope that I can relate to them on that level because there's so many differences between them and I that I want them to know that while I'm asking hard things of them, I'm also asking hard things of myself. And so it's on a way to be able to relate to them. And so while I'm pushing them, I'm pushing myself and and my physical capabilities as well. So
0: speaking about physical capabilities, in a lighthearted twist, if your muscle's through a surprise party, which ones would be the life of the party and which ones might be the, uh, the wallflowers? And how can we ensure every muscle group enjoys the celebration of movement? Oh my gosh. Okay,
1: which one is the life of the party?
0: Yes, which muscle is the life of the party and which one is going to be like the wallflower?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I would say the life of the party muscle is probably... Hmm, this is a fun question. Maybe the upper traps? Because they're the ones that are always out, you know? And so you got these upper traps that kind of pop out, and they're like, hey, I'm here. So those are the life of the party. They like to be seen. The ones that are more the wallflowers, the ones that kind of hide a little bit. Maybe... I want to give that to the soleus.
0: The soleus? What is the soleus?
1: (laughs) The soleus is the muscle deep to the gastrocnemius. And so the gastrocnemius and soleus complex are your calves. But no one really knows about the soleus because when you pop your calves, really that big muscle that pops out is your gastrocnemius, but the soleus is right under it. And it's also a really important muscle. So... I'm going to give the wallflower uh, title to the soleus.
0: Okay. Now, <laughs> how can we ensure that every muscle group enjoys the celebration of movement? What is your way of ensuring that your entire body continues to move? Is there an activity? Is there movement that you like to do to ensure that you're getting like a full body workout?
1: I mean, who doesn't love a big dance party? So That's you like to dance. <laughs>
0: so your, your way of moving everything is just start dancing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always tell my friends if there's a wedding going on, that if they don't have a date, I would love to be there plus one. <laughs>
0: no kidding, Yeah, who okay.
1: doesn't love a good dance party? All
0: right, now, are you a line dancer or you like to do hip-hop type of dancing? What's, what's your style of dancing?
1: You know, I'm not biased towards any specific one. Line dancing is fun because you kind of just follow the crowd, and then free dancing is, is fun, too, where you just kind of whatever your body It's feeling, you just move it.
0: (laughs) All right, here's the question. If we transform your body's wellness journey into a narrative, which muscle groups would be the protagonists facing challenges head-on and which might serve as the wise mentor guiding the way? So I'll repeat that question. If we were to transform your body's wellness journey into a narrative, which muscle group would be the protagonists which one could face the challenges head-on, and which one might serve as the wise mentor, just like, yeah, you need to do it this way. (laughs) These are tough,
1: these are interesting These are interesting, yeah, very abstract, I love it. The protagonist, I would give the protagonist maybe, hmm, I would give those to the quads. If we're talking one specific muscle group, the quads, because the quads do a lot. They help you stand back up and propel you forward but well when I say propel forward you know, you see them in the front but really the muscles that are giving you that extension push and that stride whether you're walking or running are your hamstrings so I would give that to the wise guy yeah um, because your hamstrings the posterior chain of your body is what is accelerating you and in, into movement And so when I'm training, I really try to remember that and focus on strengthening my posterior chain because that's what's going to help me maintain my stamina when I start to fatigue out.
0: Got it. Now, just on a personal note, what are the top three health goals does your body aspire to achieve? So think about the top three health goals that your body aspires to achieve and how can we infuse these aspirations into an actionable plan so think about what is it that your body is trying to achieve and then what's like a one two three of like how anyone can do it
1: well i i want to on a basic level i want to sleep well sleeping is where a lot of healing occurs and that's a that's a very broad statement. When I say I want to sleep well, there's a lot that you have to do in taking care of yourself to be able to get a good good night's sleep, including reducing you know being on your phone before you go to bed or just eating well before you go to bed, not eating a lot of high sugars that's going to keep you up. So I would say I want to sleep well. Okay. I want to have low stress levels, and so that can involve loving what I do. It could involve being in a safe community, I'm a community of people that love me and that I love and just feeling very safe in my life. So yeah, maintaining low stress levels. And then I wanna say just feeling good. I know that sounds so vague but and simple, but just, just feeling well. And that comes down to just, just eating well, and having a good relationship with food and having a good relationship with what I'm putting into my body and what my environment is.
0: Interesting, very nice. So if someone came to you, and I'm gonna give you a potential case study. You have someone 70 years old and they have limited mobility in terms of their walking. Maybe they are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So they're not able to do a whole lot at this point. How do you navigate a patient like that? Like what would you what would be some of the things that you would work on if someone came to you with parkinsons?
1: So I'm going to start off with I I don't typically treat a ton of neuro patients. Okay. My patient population is typically general outpatient orthopedic. But if I were to get a neuropatient with the limited amount of knowledge that I have treating that population, I would want to make sure they understand what their disease is going to look like and what to expect and just make sure that we're both on the same page about that because there will be limitations in, in their goals. So I would want to start off with that. And then from there, I would just ask them, well, what are your goals? And f- help them figure out a realistic idea of what those goals are. Right. And help them achieve them to the best of their ability. And, and from my part to the best of my ability to get them there.
0: And so I like what you're saying. It's It really boils down to personal accountability. You're a almost a tool to help them get to where they want to be and you can provide the guidance. But first they have to, I think that's nice that you set realistic expectations. Most people, and I've seen medical professionals, they give you either a false sense of success, meaning you know they inflate what they're able to do say, oh, yeah, I can get you in this place right here, and don't worry about it, and they more or less trivialize it. So I'm not really putting in the effort because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, well, this is gonna happen. But I like that you give people a reality check to say, this is what your disease is going to look like, and these are the things that you can experience right here. So that's, that's really nice, and I appreciate that. Even though I know that that's not part of your patient repertoire, I'm asking selfishly because my father is actually that 70-year-old man with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm always interested in hearing how people will approach it. And so, I'm just thinking about, what would he say? What would he do? Mm -hmm. Would he be willing to do it? Mm -hmm. And it takes a special person who's very motivating. So someone who leads by example, I think that's a very powerful person to have in your corner, when you know that the person who's asking you to do hard things, they do hard things in their own personal lives. And so that's, again, you're being a role model in that regard right there. So one thing as well, when we look at, and I know that we're limited on time. So in a playful scenario, imagine your joints participating in a talent show. (laughs) What special abilities do they showcase and how can we ensure that they harmonize in a delightful symphony of pain-free mobility so
1: <laughs> oh my gosh what's what's what are their talents?
0: Yes. What are their talents? <laughs> because you, the reason why is because she does so much. <laughs> Rock climbing, mountain climbing, strength and conditioning. So I have to ask.
1: Yeah. I'm imagining all of the joints getting into little groups based on their what their movement is. So, for example, when I say that, you've got your your shoulder joint, which is a ball and socket joint, um, similar to your hip joint, is a ball and socket, socket joint. And then you got your thumb, which is a saddle joint. And so I'm just imagining them all getting into their little categories <laughs> and just showing off their movements to each other. <laughs> just like and they're just like, like I dance. can move like this. And then the, the other joint is like, well, we can move like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's their talents that I'm seeing them do.
0: So when you have a, when you have a patient, who has limited range of motion, what's your goal? What's your vision? You know, assuming that they tell you, hey, look, I want to move. That's all they tell you. I wanna move. So if someone comes to you with limited range of motion, maybe due to an injury, or they just haven't worked it out, do you have like a little one, two, three that you like to do with your patients?
1: Yeah, so I will always begin the conversation with, what are your goals? And and if they don't know, I try to try to really help them imagine. What do you want out of physical therapy? Because if they aren't intrinsically motivated, I can help pull out some of that motivation, but I've got to find something in them that helps them just show up to physical therapy and wake up for the day and be like, okay, I'm going to go. Because it can be really hard. And I know that some patients struggle with movement. So I try to find, okay, what are your goals? And if it's including being something as small as going down and just tying your shoes, being able to tie your shoes again. There's a lot of people that struggle kneeling down. So I write that down. And then that's a lot, that takes a lot of movement to get down on one knee, round your back over your knee, bring your hands down and tie that shoe. So I'll break that down into some functional movement testing. I'll assess what does your squat look like? What does your split squat look like? What does your trunk rotation look like? And from there, I'll figure out where the deficits are and then I'll turn that more into objective goals for myself to help them achieve. And as we start attacking that, we'll start transitioning that into that functional movement of bending down all the way to the floor to get to their shoe.
0: Okay, now do you, in terms of measuring this, how do you measure this? Do you just grab a piece of paper and a pen and just write down your notes and then uh, reference it uh, back at a later time? Or do you keep track of it in, like, how do you organize someone's progress?
1: Yeah, so we use an electronic system at my clinic and as I'm going through the initial evaluation with them, I'll be check, assessing range of motion. I'll usually use a goniometer for that. And I'll write down those measurements on my computer and then I'll, I'll assess muscle testing and functional movement testing. And I, again, I'll measure that with um, resistance and I'll write those, those numbers down as well. And then, uh, yeah whether I'm measuring balance, I'll use a timer. So okay. there's a, there's just different tools that I can use to help me objectively measure and then and keep track of those numbers. And then when we measure those, I always love to post-test at the end of a session to show them their improvement right then and there because I want them to see, hey, this is the work that you just put in and we have an outcome from it. And so my goal is always to have improvement in session and to show them that improvement at the end of the session, to, to, to keep them motivated.
0: So you're able to do it because everything is you know computerized and you can create the reports instead of just a handwritten note and just basically verbally telling them, hey, you improved, so they can physically actually see it. Absolutely. OK, on a fun note, last one right here. If your muscles and joints formed a superhero team, what superpowers would each possess and which ones do you think would be the comedic relief (laughs) let's bring some
1: (laughs) oh my gosh what superpowers can my muscles possess
0: yes your muscles and joints they're all like hey let's form a team superhero team so you just think about which ones would which superpowers would each one of them possess who's going to be the funny one
1: yeah I don't really think that I even have to be complex with this. I I really think just as simple as walking is, I think that is such a gift. And that's coming from a place of seeing a member of my family not be able to walk and seeing people that I love and patients of mine struggle with that, that. being able to move even in what seems so simple, as in walking or even running. There's, what's funny is is I'll give an outcome measure to one of my older patients, and there's there's a question at the end of the test that's like, does it hurt to run or do you have any difficulty running? And they'll always look at me and they're like, Holiday, I don't run. I couldn't tell you the last time that I ran. And I'm like, Man, we're going to add that into our sessions because not only does it help you with your with your bone density, because the older that you get, the more osteoporosis and osteopenia can impact you. The more brittle your bones get as you get older. The way to attack that is by loading them and by implementing plyometric movements that Im- that cause load through that bone to build up that bone bank. And that's through examples as in running. And so when people tell me that, when my patients tell me that, I'm just like, oh, we got, we have to, when did that stop? We gotta get you back into that. Motion is lotion is what they say, is what I love to say. And movement is medicine and that just, yeah. And so movement's as simple as running and walking are superpowers to some people, and so I, I just think the body is incredible, and the things that I'm able to do are a blessing. And so, you know, I could come up with crazy, like oh, to be able to fly or to be able to break through walls, but really, just being able to walk is a blessing and a superpower in my eyes.
0: Oh, I love it. And if you could just give. Some basic tips or recommendations for people who are struggling with mobility, what would you suggest to them? If you can only give them like three different tips or recommendations, what would you say?
1: I would say always remember your why because that's what's gonna keep you moving. So know why you're doing it to help you stay motivated to keep getting up every day and chasing after that. And man, that's the biggest one to me, knowing your why. Knowing that if you, they, they say, use it or lose it. I'm sure you've heard that term before. Yes. And in part, there's a lot of truth to that. As soon as you stop moving, things become weak and things break down and things get tight. And so just keep moving. Keep moving and know your why are my biggest, that's what I say, one, two right there. Yeah, that's that would be my answer.
0: All right, so on a final note again, What would you like to say in terms of your parting words to anyone that's listening as it relates to movement, strength and conditioning, mobility, recovery, any parting last words?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of what I just said. Keep moving. Keep raising the bar. Know that however strong you think you are, you are way stronger and be that motivation for your friends have that accountability, be in a community that loves you, and stay healthy.
0: I love it right there. So if people wanted to get in contact with you to have you work with them as their physical therapist or strength and conditioning coach, how could they get in contact with you?
1: So I currently work at an outpatient clinic called Select Medical Davidson. So you can call, you can look us up on Google Maps or the internet, and you can call that phone number if you need an appointment with me. We accept insurance there. Or you can also find me on Instagram. My tag is at HolidayWilliams. You can message me through that platform as well. Um, I'm also on Facebook. But yeah, so I would say those three outlets is a good way to reach out to me. Feel free to message me on the social media platforms or call my clinic.
0: Right, and so also, just to reiterate everyone, she is a strength and conditioning expert, and I'm a jiu-jitsu grappler. And every time I see her, with, as soon as she finishes with one of her patients, I will do some clinching with her. And let me just tell you, I feel the density. <laughs> which is amazing. And when she steps, the connection that you have with the ground, like your base, your foundation, I feel your strength. You're stronger than most 230 pound men that I go against in competition. And so it is a huge testament to her as an athlete, first and foremost. She's an athlete that happens to be a doctor of physical therapy who happens to be an expert in strength and conditioning. So if you have limited range of motion, pain, and you're looking for a stronger a stronger physique, better movement, possibly to recover, you really need to see her. As I said, our kid competition team, she's our go-to person. Why do you think we've had the success? It's because Dr. Holiday Williams has set us up on a wonderful path. So I understand that you have registered yourself for an ultra marathon. What in the world is that about?
1: Yeah, so I've got a 100 mile race coming up this March and I'm super excited about it. And so I'm in the midst of training at the moment.
0: And what does that training look like for you?
1: I am doing a ton of interval training, including sprint training, long distance running, um, can't forget about strength training. That's super important as well. And so it looks different every week. I've got longer runs some weeks. I'm doing deload weeks where I bring my runs into shorter distances. And so it's I'm following. A, I've, I found a plan online that I'm I'm trying to follow to the best of my ability. But it's yeah. So it's it looks uh, like a lot of running. <laughs>
0: yes. So there's a guy named David Goggins who does ultra marathons as well. Have you heard of him?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, and so what motivated you to want to sign up? Well, first and foremost, how long is an ultra marathon?
1: So an ultra marathon is anything more than a marathon. So a marathon's 26.2 miles. So you've got 50 Ks and 50 milers and 100 Ks, 100 milers. Anything greater than 26.2 miles is called an ultramarathon.
0: Okay, and so how many miles are you going to run?
1: 100 miles. (laughs)
0: Wow, 100 miles. And again, just what's really the driving force? What's your why?
1: So my story begins with my father who, when he was 27 years old, was diagnosed with terminal cancer, a grade four glioblastoma, which is the most aggressive in lethal form of a brain tumor. And he was told at that point that he had six months to live. Now, so he was 27 and he was married about a year, year and a half to my mother at this point. My mom was pregnant with their first child, my brother, Tori. And uh, so this was a lot for them to hear in the the first year and a half of their marriage and as a 27-year-old young adult. So a lot of my inspiration comes from that. When I turned 27, any moment, any minute longer than that birth birthday, I believed was borrowed time. And I've attempted to live in a way where I am pushing my limits and my physical capabilities And memory of him. There's a lot of things that were ripped away from him and he began to see his body failing him. And so... I never want to take my body for granted in memory of him. And at 27, I signed up for my first marathon. And then the year after that, ran my second marathon. The year after that, which is this year, ran my first ultra marathon of 50K. And I just keep upping the bar. And so after that, I signed up for the 100-mile ultra marathon, which will be in March. And all of it is in part to him he was told that he had six months to live and only one percent of people with that diagnosis live longer than 10 years and he was that one percent he survived for 11 years past that diagnosis and so there's a lot of things that he attacked in life to keep living to the best of his ability that are really crazy to me he lost function of his right side of his body, relearned how to walk and relearned how to write and relearned how to drive with his left foot so that he could go back and get his master's degree. Oh my god. So that he yeah, isn't that crazy? So that he could be my soccer coach, so that he could be present in his family's life and in his friends' lives. And when I hear those stories and remember those days, there is not one thing that I believe I can't do because of that. So I just keep pushing myself physically. I'm trying to see what my limit is, and I'm trying to just live my life well in memory of him.
0: Yes. Guys, this is such a touching story right now, just listening to Dr. Holiday Share her why and if there's anyone out there That has any doubt about your capabilities of what you can do in this world Please listen to this podcast. Listen to dr. Holiday. You can find motivation in anything She was able to find it with her father and now she is on fire to be able to Tackle the feats that she's been able to tackle to overcome The challenges and turmoil that she's overcome is nothing short of amazing. And so thank you for sharing this story with me today.
1: Of course. All right.
0: Take care, guys.